Welcome to the Shorthand States here on the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Matt Fallais. And for technical reasons, we're uh, recording this indoors uh, because of the way we have to send the audio, which is a nice change because it's windy and dreary and rainy out there. And uh, we've been listening to a full day of debate, the second day of this uh, debate on tax and spending and how exactly it's going to be made to work. And uh, Matt, this morning we resumed where we left off last night with uh, Deputy Roffey's proposals uh, under consideration. Yeah, I mean, in a way, quite a technical amendment that, wasn't it? Uh, it kept all of the Policy and Resources Committee's proposals in play, but separated different parts of them. Uh, so PNR presented packages, raise this amount of tax this way, spend the same amount or, or, or you know, an equivalent amount on uh, on capital projects. Um, and they presented three different packages. And what Deputy Roffey said is, I want all this kind of separated out. Now, in a, in one sense, that, that makes sense because what he was saying was, this really needs to be a debate about raising additional taxes, and if so, how, and shouldn't become too dominated by how to spend the money on capital projects before it's been raised. But the way in which that amendment has, because it was successful, that amendment, the way it reorders the propositions on which the states will vote at the end of the meeting means that it's become possible for the states to vote against the tax rises but in favour of the long list of capital projects. He actually acknowledged that in the text of his uh, amendment, didn't he? So, but but what was the wording that he, he didn't think that deputies would be so irresponsible I as to go down that path? He, he said, if that's what the states do, then at least the island will know the type of assembly elected three years ago. But there we've were got a pretty good fears. idea by now. There were some fears, but raised by by some six members that that might happen. But anyway, it's meant that the number of permutations the states might end up with this week has suddenly increased because of the way the the propositions will be voted on at the end yeah oh joy uh now the uh, the thing we moved on to next was a bit easier to sort of get a grip on and this was well, marginally anyway it was a proposal from deputy al bruard the uh, health and social care president and his vice president tina berry um to add the modernisation of the hospital, or phase two of it, estimated at about £120 million, um, to more of the options that are available to members when they finally come to vote on it uh, at the end of this uh, debate. Um, so it's important to stress that this is not... Uh, the, the, he, he was successful today by 20 votes to 19 um, in that proposal. It doesn't mean that the modernisation of the hospital is now secure, but it does certainly seem to make it um, more likely because now um, it's not entirely dependent on the introduction of GST, for example, or a huge amount of borrowing. It can partially be done by dipping into the health fund reserve. Now, he, he did take some criticism for this because uh, it was noted, for example, that, well, hang on, you, we were told you needed that reserve to pay for, for example, uh, the NICE drugs. Um, uh, and, and they're um, being delivered out to patients. Um, so how can you be spending that now? And he said, well, well, we'll have to replenish it. We'll have to find the money at a later date. But um, if it's going to enable us to continue with the modernization, that's going to save so much money in the long term rather than having to halt it now that we'll, uh, we'll end up in a better place. Um, but even then, there was more criticism. For example, I think Deputy Inder uh, strikes, uh, comes back to mind because um, he was saying, well, he, he thought it might be a 
white elephant he was saying well hang on you could you could finish this whole project and then not have enough people to um, to be employed to do all the extra work that's going to be needed to be done in these new facilities and then you've because uh, you, know, you can't house these people anyway and then you're in trouble yeah I mean why that amendment was um, important I think was because so so you've got about 13 14 15 states members we know who are going to vote in favor of the package which includes gst which would pay for the longest possible list of capital projects which includes both the schools project and the next phase of the princess elizabeth hospital but you've got to get to 21 to get any of these proposals through the states and why that amendment i think from deputy bro was important was because it indicated there is quite a number of states members who have no intention of voting for gst and who are skeptical about most of policy and resources tax raising proposals but who want the development of the princess elizabeth hospital to continue to go ahead and that means that they will try to find a way by the end of this debate for that to go ahead if they can get a, a kind of consensus or a majority behind that then that project will probably end up being included in some kind of final list what it indicated to me was that that you know hsc have got the numbers for the princess elizabeth hospital build some of the other projects on that long list of, pr of proposed projects may not have the, the numbers to get to, to 21 in particular the the schools project because i think there are quite a lot of members saying one of the hospital or the schools project will, will be approved but not both so i thought that well, it was only an amendment it only added the hospital project to another one of the kind of funding packages but politically i think it, it was quite significant because it demonstrated a real depth of support for that hospital project in the states and we'll hear at the end of this podcast uh, our, my chat with uh, deputy al broad i just uh, nabbed him a few minutes ago and uh, that uh, it, within that he does admit that he's probably gonna have to argue the case for it again at some point during, later on during the week um now uh I, and i'm going to be pedantic here with you matt and just point out that you don't always need 21 we've had two votes today where there were 20 because on one chris letitia was absent and on the other deputy burford um abstained um but anyway we uh should talk briefly about territorial tax because that was another um, item on the agenda today and it lost with exactly the same number of votes as it lost back in February. Yeah I mean this is Deputy Charles Parkinson and you have to give him credit for resilience because uh, every time there is one of these tax debates Deputy Parkinson comes forward with an argument he has been making uh, for years that there shouldn't be any more taxes uh, raised on individuals and families until the states have reformed company taxation, the system known as 010, and uh, adopted a different system which is, would generate more income tax on company profits. Uh, for the last few years, he, he's been advocating doing that through a territorial system of tax. We don't need to go into the details of that. But he estimates that it could raise at least £45 million a year for states finances and he he was saying that things were different in at uh, this time because the states had recently put out a joint statement with jersey and the isle of man saying that it was signing up to new international uh, tax initiatives under which large multinational companies will have to pay a minimum rate of 15 percent 
a tax on profits. And isn't isn't the counter argument that that because that's already in train, they've already taken that into account, and the additional money being raised by GST is what they need over and above that, and they have to do it in step with the other yeah, jurisdictions. So, so it is. So PNR is saying, look, we're already taking that additional income into account, and we can't go further than that without being. Uh, you know, completely aligned with Jersey and the Isle of Man and doing it at the same time. Deputy Parkinson says, actually, those global moves, which which Guernsey is now going to sign up to, provide a platform for the extension of a 10 or 15 percent rate of company tax across the whole corporate sector locally. And that would be capable of raising tens of millions more than PNR is estimating. So that's the kind of the the area of, of dispute between Deputy Parkinson and PNR. He got, I think it was 11 votes for his amendment. I mean, in fairness to him, most of the members speaking against it said they think Guernsey will end up with a territorial system of company tax in the end. Yes, it might raise tens of millions more, but that's too many years into the future and it would be too risky to make that move unilaterally without Jersey and the Isle of Man uh, you know, being in lockstep. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to look to see yet whether the 11 who voted for it this time were the very same 11 as last time, but uh, I won't be surprised when I have a look if, if it is. Um, and well, that almost wraps things up, but we did get on to uh, income tax, and this is really uh, a very interesting debate. This is a, a radical alternative really being brought by former Chief Minister and former, former man in charge of the money, Deputy Lyndon Tross, who uh, is suggesting that income tax should go up by 2% next uh, by January, and uh, then a further percent um, by 2025 so we'd have rates of 23 percent well I say he's suggesting that should happen he's suggesting that option should be added to the list that are available to members and his argument is that it would be better than nothing uh, well some uh, deputies for example Peter Roffey have already uh, said well no it wouldn't be better than nothing it's so bad absolutely appalling he said um, because it would hit uh, those on uh, relatively low incomes um, that he's he's not keen at all deputy Peter Fairbrush pointed out that it would actually actually hit people in the pocket to the tune of £1,400 if you're earning about 30000 and compared to the 15% tax ban they're suggesting will accompany a GST in their preferred option three. Um, there was some support, but we will uh, be continuing with that debate uh, in the morning, so we'll have much more on that in our roundup of day three here on the Shorthand States. But uh, from us, for now, that is all. Uh, let's hear now, shall we, uh, from Deputy Al Bruard and his take on his successful, albeit narrow, uh, victory on his amendment earlier today. Deputy Broad, um, congratulations on the success of your amendment. Do you feel more optimistic now about the uh, completion of your modernisation of the hospital than you did this morning? Yeah, I think it's a good step forward. Um, we're very pleased with the support we had. And of course, there's some members um, didn't vote for the um, amendment but they do support the hospital modernization but they would rather um, look to some of the earlier propositions um, and do did not want to have too much support for this one because it's a, a, one of the last resorts. Um, there was um, some consternation among some members, obviously. Uh, Deputy Dudley Owen for Education said she'd thought about doing something similar for her education's Les Oseway campus and decided not to in the end. Um, did you have some sympathy for that point of view? I mean, did, did you feel awkward having to put this kind of capital project in front of members in the midst of, of what's a, 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 an overall sort of tax plan? Um, 
Not for very long, to be honest. Um, you know, we've got a mandate to look after the island's health and social care. We really believe that we need to get the hospital modernisation carried on. We're on phase one already. We need to move seamlessly as we can to phase two. I have no no problem with us and our team wanting to to progress that. We also have the slightly unusual position that there is uh, one of the reserves, which is called the health fund, um, which could be available for capital use um, if if we need to. And on that really hard dilemma, do I keep the reserve intact for use for other things or do I use it to build the hospital? If I have to, I will use those reserves um, to build the hospital because I think that is a far better use than, than leaving the reserves intact and having no hospital. And finally and briefly, do you think you're going to have to make the case all over again at some point later in this debate? I, I think that's inevitable that, that we that as the debate goes through. Um, it, it may not be if some of the earlier... Um, propositions go through then then both hospital and education will be um, will be safe um, it's when we get to some of the the, the thinner ground um, then I will probably have to make the case again well Deputy Burada I know you're in a big hurry at the moment so thanks for making time for us pleasure thank you very much indeed <laughs>